This is the J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and use the J. Scott promo code when signing up to receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. I'm your host, J. Scott. And I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field experiencing God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we are going to have a great episode with Daniel Franco of Burnt Timber Outfitters. And we're going to be talking about the Arizona elk applications that are going to be due here February 9th on Tuesday. And uh, we're going to break down a bunch of the elk units in eastern Arizona, uh, 3C, Unit 1, 4A, 4B, 23s, uh, and uh, 3B, all the all uh, 27, a lot of the units on the eastern part of the state. And um, I also have a, the next episode is going to air with Steve Chapel of uh, Chapel Guide Service, and we are going to be breaking down Units 9, 10, 7 West, 7 East, uh, Units 1, 3C, 23, uh, all the mid-tier units, the 6As, the 5B Souths, um, and I'm happy to have both guests on on both of these episodes, and hopefully it will help you decide uh, which units that you want to apply for, and um, hopefully you'll gain some insight I want to thank our sponsors uh, for all that they do in supporting this podcast, as well as thank you, the listeners. Uh, Without your support uh, and without the sponsor's support, uh, we would not be able to have this podcast. So I want to personally thank uh, Western Hunter and Elk Hunter Magazine. I want to thank Utah Hydrographics. I want to thank the Outdoorsmans. I want to thank Phonescope. And I want to thank Wilderness Athlete. And of course, I want to thank our title sponsor, GoHunt.com Insider. Uh, They have been supporting this podcast from the beginning. I also want to remind you, uh, the January Insider giveaway is almost coming to an end. And all you have to do, we're about three or four days away Uh, from the end of January, and this month, uh, they're giving away 40 double-tap ammunition gift cards uh, with the retail value of $100 each, a total value of $4,000. So all you have to do is be an insider member to uh, win a lot of these great hunts and a lot of these good gear giveaways. Uh, We just got off the coos deer hunt in Sonora, Mexico, uh, where Dark Colburn and myself guided two Go Hunt Insider members that won uh, two coos deer hunts. They've given away doll sheep hunts, mule deer hunts, elk hunts, a lot of great uh, Kuyu gear, Kuyu backpacks. Uh, they gave away 10 Kuyu backpacks, 10 Kuyu sleeping bags. Um, anyway, if you're not already an Insider, Go Hunt Insider member, uh, go to gohunt.com forward slash insider, pl- click on the blue join now button use the j scott promo code when you sign up and they'll automatically send you a 50 dollars kuyu gift card and uh, again i just want to thank all the sponsors and i hope you will support the sponsors that support this podcast let's get right to the episode with daniel franco of burnt timber outfitters tired of relying on out-of-date numbers spending too much on hunting consultants and seeing too little results with go hunt insider the old way of doing things is over 
With the introduction of Draw Odds and Filtering 2.0, you'll have access to the most accurate, up-to-date information in the industry. You can filter by state, species, trophy potential, weapon, specific days or months of the year, harvest success rate, male-to-female ratios, and much more. All of this leads to easily finding the best hunt for you. So what are you waiting for? Visit GoHunt.com insider and join the movement. Use the J. Scott promo code when signing up and receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. Since 1982, the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix has made it their goal to provide the very best customer service combined with the latest and greatest optics and accessories in the business. Outdoorsman's is the leading designer and manufacturer of high-quality tripods and mounting accessories for any hunter's optical needs. Go to Outdoorsman's.com or call 1-800-291-8065 and use the J. Scott promo code until February 28th to receive 10% off all Outdoorsman's packs and pack accessories. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have Daniel Franco of Burnt Timber Outfitters. Daniel is a good friend of mine. He's been on the podcast several times, and I believe he's uh, just uh, getting over sunburn down in Sonora, Mexico. Daniel and some friends <laughs> went to a ranch that uh, Dara and I had put them on, and and uh, as uh, sometimes how it goes, you take your brother-in-law, and he shoots a big, giant buck. What do you have to say for yourself, Daniel Franco? All I've got to say is my brother-in-law's a scumbag, <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> no. That's awesome. When I heard the report, I uh, just laughed because um, <laughs> it's just perfect for all the guys you take, and you, you know, your brother-in-law shoots a big giant buck, and you guys did well. Um, but uh, Andrew shot a what, 125-inch type deer? Yeah, 125 buck. Um, First trip down, first day, um, I'd even go as far as to say possibly one of the first bucks he glassed up uh, that day, and uh, they, they lost him for a little bit. He got over the hill, so they actually moved repositioned. And and uh, I'll tell you, the stars aligned because they, uh, they picked him up at about 4 o'clock, and he was heading right to them, and he ended up, they didn't even move. They just basically got set up, and the buck ended up walking uh clear down and, and got as close as 400 yards and he and he smoked him so definitely you know the, uh definitely his buck for sure you know the deal is when your brother-in-law shoots anything it doesn't matter if the real story is that he hiked you know six ridges over up and down spent all day no water you know shot him offhand at 600 yards running it doesn't matter you're always it's just human nature. You're always going to tell the story that your brother-in-law, you know, was sitting there and a big buck walked right to him and he shot him. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, absolutely. Uh, um, you had a good time down there. We did. We had a good time. Um, beautiful country. Like, like I said, you put us on a, on a pretty good ranch and, uh, we had a good time. There were six of us and, and with Andrew's buck, we, we ended up averaging just over one Oh five. So, uh, nice. quite a few, quite a few bucks in that 100 to, to 105 range and one, uh, one just under a hundred. So, yeah, you know, um, I've had a lot of mixed reports from guys. Uh, a lot of guys are reporting a lot of nice deer down in Mexico. Uh, and then I've talked to shoot, I've probably talked to six or eight groups that, 
you know, went down on good properties, on good ranches that, you know, usually historically produce year after year. And, you know, just a lot of that same, you know, 95 to, you know, 105 type inch bucks mm-hmm. and not a lot of reports of big bucks. And then you talk to a few guys that, you know, said they had a better, better than average year. I think it's one of those things like Dar and I always talk about. It's just one of those things you just got to go. And some yeah. years it's your year and some years it's not. And, um, you know, it's it's really hard to put your finger on what makes it your year, but um, you know, just sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. How well, was the rut for you guys? I think you guys went a couple days. We we went down to our ranch on the seventh, and we had that big rainstorm. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe you guys went down on the tenth. How yeah. was the rut for you guys? You know, it it was good. I mean, pretty much from day one, um, that that busted Andrew killed. He was. He was with a group of does, left them, went and checked another group of does, and then was on his way to check the third group of does when Andrew shot it. Um, quite a bit of traveling. Um, from the get-go, we were seeing, you know, mature bucks with does, uh, running, chasing, snorting, grunting. Um, I mean, just the whole nine yards. It was, it was, it was great for us. Um, and like Good. you said, we were there the 10th through the, through the 16th. Um, and, and it was, it was great. We saw, we saw good, rutting activity every day so yeah you know anytime you go usually anytime that 10th through that 25th uh you know you're going to catch uh, yeah. a lot of good movement i know this year the the uh, moon was uh on the 25th it was full on the 25th of january so yep. you know it's always you know some of that best rutting sometimes is around that 18th 20th you know 21st 22nd but you know, I was a little bit worried about that moon. Um, we had our first group, we actually, you know, were unloading the trucks in the rainstorm and what have you. Uh, and then it, it broke, but it was cold that whole first week. And we actually had pretty dang good deer activity and deer movement. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good rutting activity, you know, for, for that week. Um, it was, it was above average for that week. And I think a lot of it has to do with temperature. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the the second week where normally you're going to see more consistent rutting activity all throughout the day, um, it actually warmed up. So, you know, probably 27 to 28 in the mornings as opposed to the first week, you know, it was in the 18, 19. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like, you know, by 1130 noon, those bucks were headed for the north slopes, headed for the shady slopes. And most of the activity was all in the shade and, and mm-hmm. seemed like the afternoon, you know, bucks were a lot more lethargic. Um, yeah. Whereas the week before, you know, right during the sunniest part of the day, the warmest part of the day, they were out, you know, walking hillsides and, you know, checking scrape lines and really moving. So I think temp- temperature has a lot to do with that personally. Yeah. And, you know, we knew the full moon was that, you know, towards the end of that second week, you know, we always try to pick a week and go. And, uh, you know, as, as a group, we decided, well, you know, we like that later, those later dates, those 15th through the, you know, 23rd. But with that full moon, we opted to, to shoot the gap and hit that week before, and it, it ended up working out pretty good for us. So That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. Uh, today, I want to talk about the Arizona elk uh, applications and go over some of the regulations um, I'll let you talk a little bit about what you do, but from my perspective, Burnt Timber Outfitters operates out of Heber, Arizona. 
Um, I've known you, Daniel, for many, many years, and we've been on a lot of hunts together. I've, and, known, uh, I've known you since before when you had hair. Well, that, and that's been, you know, I, I've been slick bald for 20 years, so you've known me a long time. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I'm starting to look a lot more like my idol, Jay Scott, so well, my hair know, is uh, quickly quickly uh, falling off as well. So the, uh, just, all, all I can say is the chicks dig it. <laughs> just keep telling yourself that. <laughs> um <laughs> What I was saying before you interrupted me uh, was that I've been on a lot of hunts with uh, Burnt Timber Outfitters, and you guys do an exceptional job on all the animals that you hunt. We've been on a lot of great turkey hunts, elk hunts, deer hunts, uh, you name it. And um, your bread and butter units are right there out of Heber, uh, you know, especially born and raised there in, in Unit 3C, lived there your whole life, um, 4B. Uh, 4A, you know, 23, Unit 1, 3B, all that country up there, 4A, 4B. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the elk draw. Uh, it seems I'm getting a, a bunch of calls daily here with guys with points wanting to know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that's got everybody stressed out is I've had a bunch of guys call with a lot of points and they feel like they've been putting in so long and now finally, you know, where they thought they were going to have a real good chance to draw, a lot of them are, uh, you know, a little bit upset that, you know, they're, they can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. But the, now with the new regulations that 5% are going to go of the non-residents are going to go in the, the, you know, the max point pool drawing and then five percent just go to random it actually is going to hurt the guys with the most points um you know but on the on the other hand the guys that have virtually no points or you know five six seven points uh you know they actually now mathematically have a chance to draw in the random pool where you know take for instance a unit nine archery elk you know, let's say it, it was mandatory that it took 17 points as a non-resident to be in that max point pool. Um, if you had less than 17, you had a zero. Yeah. And guys would say, well, at least I got a chance. No, you you, you have no chance, zero yeah. chance of drawing where, you know, now uh, they do. So, I mean, I see both sides of it. I do feel sorry mm-hmm. for the guys that have a bunch of points. Um, but I want to get your forecast uh, for uh the the 2016 upcoming season elk season and um i know it's a little bit hard to predict here in in january what our moisture and all of that's doing but um uh why don't you do that what what is uh what is your part of the state looking like as far as moisture compared to uh you know the average or what have you you know, I would say this year we're we're probably right on pace at, at average, um, maybe slightly above. Um, we we haven't had a lot of of winter storms and winter moisture this year, um, but the ones that we have had have been have been fairly substantial. We've had a couple of smaller rains, but for the most part, uh, we've had had some really good moisture. You know, we've we've had uh, quite a bit of rain and, and sleep this year, which is kind of odd. Normally, we're you know sitting under eight, six, eight, ten, twelve inches of snow. Um this year, um in fact here just recently, the uh, beginning of the year, um we had a had a really good storm roll through. 
Um, and it, it didn't dump a whole lot in Heber, but as far as the Mogollon Rim was concerned, uh, the little town Forest Lakes, which is about 15 miles away from Heber, um, all of that higher country, it, it got uh, probably on that first storm somewhere around 20, uh, 20 24 inches of snow, um, and then a couple of a uh, couple of four, five, six days later, another storm rolled through and dumped about another uh, two feet of snow. So uh, there at one point, uh, the, the top of the Mogollon Rim and Forest Lakes was, was sitting under four feet of snow. Um, and even even today, that's been uh, close to two weeks ago, even today, I'll, I'll bet you there's still uh, probably 18 inches of snow up there in a lot of that higher country, especially a lot of those north slopes. It hasn't, hasn't melted off. Um, a lot of moisture on the ground. Um, seeping into the ground, running um, the, the the creek in my backyard uh, that basically is fed off of this high country. Um, it's it's been running now for oh probably the last week. We've had you know a little bit of uh, water running down it. So um, I would say on the moisture we're we're in great shape right now with it you know being the uh, middle to end of January. So I would I would forecast as far as moisture is concerned. Uh, I think we're going to be good. I think we'll be. Um, Every bit of average, if not slightly above average, on on moisture and feed. Uh, last year was a great year. I'm sure that's going to, you know, help to carry over. So I think I think we're going to be in really good shape this year. Good, and you know, a lot of times we get uh, quite a bit of moisture here in February and March coming up, mm-hmm. and um, so we can hope for the best. Uh, I want to talk about. Uh, your bread and butter unit, uh, the one you live in uh, every day, uh, th- uh, 3C, mm-hmm. and um, th- 3A, 3C is the archery tag, um, and I want you to go through how many archery permits and if there's any change from last year, and um, walk me through. I'm looking at uh, the Go Hunt Insider uh, chart, and it looks like the resident for, for 3A, 3C, it, it's... Uh, 10 points, uh, early rifles 19, late rifles 6. For non-resident, it looks like it's uh, 13 for uh, archery season and um, uh, 7 for non-resident for the uh, late rifle. Um, Tell me what your thoughts are on 3C archery and on that 3C early rifle and then into the 3C late elk, what guys can expect? Okay. Um, well, this year in the 3C archery, there is no change. Um, there's still 125 archery bull tags um, in conjunction with the 50 uh, archery cow tags that unfortunately are at the same time, but that's just the way it is. Um, so there's there's 175 total hunters in the unit um, during those, those two weeks of September. Um, that's those numbers are, are are right on. Um I was actually just looking at them the other day. Um there was there were two residents that that drew tags in the max pool uh with ten points. Um so typically, you know, based off of last year, uh anybody with eleven or more points residents was, was pretty much guaranteed a, a three C archery bull tag. Uh for the non residents it was thirteen and up. Um the highest um number of bonus points that applied for the 3C archery was 16, um, and they actually drew that tag on their second choice. Um, so as a non-resident, you know, with, 
with the change that's that's taken place this year in Arizona, um, it, it's really hard to say. I mean, we could guess all day long, and without a crystal crystal ball, it's hard to to really you know decide what that point total is going to be. Um, I would assume it's probably going to be somewhere in the. I think this first year it'll probably creep a point. Um, I think I think a non-resident with 14 points um, has a has a pretty good chance of, of, of pulling that tag uh, in that max pool. Um, and uh, the resident uh, pool, because because of this change, um, they're now going to allow um, typically in these premium units where you've had you know like nine and ten and, and one and 23. Well, 23 is kind of out of it, but 3C, where you've had uh, 10 percent going to non-residents and 10 percent going to residents in that max pool. Now you're going to have 5 percent going to non-residents and 15 percent going to residents. So I actually think you'll start to see that number drop a little bit uh, for your residents for your max pool. Um, so this year, I think it could be those with, you know, quite a few of those with, with 10 may, may get tags, whereas last year there was only two of them. Um, yeah. I totally agree. Uh, Daniel, let's take a quick break here to hear from our sponsors, and we'll get right back to the numbers here. Have you guys heard about PhoneScope? PhoneScope is a privately held company that makes custom-molded, precisely engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters. Photographing wildlife has never been easier. Take digiscoping photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. PhoneScope stands behind their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. PhoneScope is the future of digiscoping. Get yours now. Use the JSCOT16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at PhoneScope, that's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E dot com, or on Instagram, at PhoneScope. Wilderness Athlete is committed to improving the health and quality of life for the outdoor athlete by providing field-tested, scientifically validated nutrition and sports performance product formulations. Check them out at wildernessathlete.com and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any order in January 2016. Okay, so you actually think that the Point creep on the non-residents obviously is going to go up because they're they're decreasing by 50%, going from uh, 10 down to 5. But you actually think because the uh, residents then will actually get 15% uh, of those tags, um, you think that actually the number for uh, the max points for 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 residents uh, is going to go down. I th- I absolutely think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, just just. Uh, looking at the numbers statistically, that that's bound to happen. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you know, that's it, it's it's kind of a win for for residents. And you know, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I I I know a lot of non-residents that have have been applying for Arizona for a lot of years. Um, you know, trying to get that that one coveted you know Arizona elk tag, and 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 a lot of those guys are. I, I mean, I've heard it from numerous guys this year that, oh, I might as well not even put in for Arizona anymore. I'm not going to get a tag. There's no way. Um, you know, in reality, you are going to still get a tag. Um, it may take a year or two or three. You know, and nobody, nobody really knows what this change is going to do to that point creep for your non-residents. Um, you know, I, I know it's going to go up. Um, how much? I, I don't know. I, I really can't answer that. Um, but 
you know, the, the beauty of it is there's, there's been a lot of non-resident guys that we've guided in the past that, uh, that have, you know, been applying for a lot of years, finally drew their Arizona elk tag. And, and once they did, they thought, well, I don't have max, max points for deer, so I'm never going to draw the strip. Uh, I'm never going to draw sheep tag, so I might as well quit applying in Arizona. And, and they do. And, you know, and I think that's, I think that's one of the things that has, has driven this, this change, obviously, by the game of fish is, is trying to retain a lot of that, uh, that hunter revenue, um, from the non-residents that, you know, once they draw their belt tag, now what? Yeah. They don't even try. Yeah. I I agree with you. I want to ask you about the archery season. It's, uh, archery season across the state for elk, uh, start on September 9th, uh, Mm -hmm. this year. And, um, to me, uh, that's, that's pretty darn early. Um, it make it makes me a little bit nervous, but I know some of those units up there that you operate in, especially 3C, sometimes those bulls on a good moisture year can get real fired up and they'll be cranked up and bugling pretty hard. Uh, I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the timing of the, of the season dates. Well, here's, here's my opinion. Um, according to me, obviously, but, um, you know, it is the ninth is early. Um, in fact, it's, it, it matches one of the earliest dates that our, our archery elk season has ever started. Um, and, and to me, you know, that's a bad thing because you're not going to jump right into the bugling rut and bulls, um, which, you know, in the two week hunt, you, you like to do that. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, on the other hand, um, especially for 3C, um, because a lot of our bulls come from the, the Fort Apache Indian Reservation, uh, where they spend all spring and, and summer, um, a lot of times we'll catch bulls traveling early on in September. Um, they're by themselves. They're, you know, they're not harrowed up. They don't have cows. They're basically just jumping around, checking to see where the cows are, where the elk are, where, you know, the water is, and they're, and they're traveling. And, you know, a lot of times during those early, you know, days before the rut, that, you know, September, you know, 5th through the 10th, 11th, 12th, um, you can find a big bull that, that doesn't have cows. He's, he's not, you know, tied down to cows. And a lot of times you can get on a bull like that and actually, actually get him killed before, before he does start cranking into the rut. Um, so I've kind of got mixed emotions about it. Um. I, I've talked to a couple of guys this year already that have, you know, voiced that very same concern. That man, if, you know, the ninth is early, it's early. Do I, do I even want to tag this year? Well, some people may not realize that the way the Arizona Game of Fish does it is it's all done by the calendar, and it's done by the number of Fridays. So the Arizona archery elk season is always going to start on the 37th Friday of that calendar year. Well, it just so happens that on, on this year, and I'm not sure if it was because of leap year or what, but um, it ended up putting it on the 9th. Well, next year, the 37th Friday is the 15th. So it's going to jump almost a week next year. Um, and so I've actually talked to a couple of guys that have said, you know, hey, I've got a lot of points. I've been waiting, you know, to get the points and for the right year. And, and one of those guys has actually opted to, buy a point this year and he's going to wait until next year because of the start date. 
Yeah, and I mean, I I hear totally what you're saying, um, and I didn't even know that about the. I knew it was based on how many a certain amount of uh, Fridays uh, mm-hmm. into the year, but I didn't know it was 37. And I actually had a conversation with a guy today, and I said I'm not sure if it's usually about the ninth is about as early as it goes. Yeah. And I said I'm not sure if it starts going 10th, 11th, 12th, and bumps back, but that makes perfect sense. I guess that it it's going to be uh, the 15th next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do have to agree with you a little bit. I have seen early, I've seen on good moisture years, I've seen where some of those big bulls are out looking around. They're not harrowed up. They're not with cows and you can actually find a big bull. You mm-hmm. have to get on them pretty quick and get on them and get killed. A lot of times you might have just one opportunity, yeah. you know, at them or, or, yeah. you know, maybe a morning, maybe you can get back on them in the evening and then he's off to the races, you know, ch- checking cows again, just, just yep. kind of checking, checking conditions. But, um, you know, I've, I've seen, and I've had some buddies call in, you know, big bulls just, just come strolling in big bulls that you would never think you could call in, yep. come strolling in, you know, sometimes on those early dates. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about, uh, your success. You guys have done very, very well in three C and quite honestly, you know, um, have shot some fantastic bulls and a lot of times where guys are waiting for, you know, quote unquote, a nine or a 10 bull or a 23 bull, you know, you guys have been shooting them in three C you've had some very good success over the years. You know, we've been fortunate. Um, and, uh, and like you said, kind of, you know, about the, the, the coos deer rut in Mexico, you know, I, I can't, I can't tell you why some years have been so much better than other. Um, but for some reason they have, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll take last year, for example, um, to be honest with you, 3C's kind of been in a little bit of a rut, um, where we haven't, we haven't had the quality that we would like to see in the unit. Um, and for some reason last year, boy, that, it, it changed. Um, and last year we were, we were seeing, um, some really good bulls, both in the archery and in the early rifle hunts last year in 3C. Um, and, and what I mean by really good bulls are, you know, those 360 plus bulls. Um, we saw a couple, you know, in the, in the 370 class and even some 380, uh, class bulls. And, uh, you know, and that's what we, that's what we like to see. Um, but yes, we, we've been fortunate. We've, we've killed some great bulls. Um, you know, we've had some great hunters and, and good shots and we've we've had some missed opportunities as well, but we, we feel fortunate that we've we've done as, as well as we have. Um you know, and typically on the on the three C archery hunt, um I I'm not gonna blow smoke. I'm not gonna lie to somebody. I know a lot of these guys, you know, have fifteen, sixteen years of, of applying and, and and the time and the money that's invested into these, you know, drawing an Arizona tag. Um, so I'm, I'm one of those guys that I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you how it is. And if anything, I'm going to downplay it a little bit and hope that we do better than that. And if so, then, you know, then I look like the hero. Um, so typically with, with a lot of our guys, I'll, I'll tell them, uh, on a three C archery bull hunt, for example, um, that, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to walk away from a 350 class bull, um, during that hunt. I mean, it's doable. We can. And we can look for that next step up, um, but you know there there may be a chance that we don't find that next step up, and you know you may have just passed one of the best bulls that we've 
that we see that season. Now, um, you know, like I said, last year was was a great year. We saw we saw numerous bulls over over 350 last year, and and I'm I'm hoping I've got my fingers crossed that a lot of them show back up this next year. That you know, put a little more on and and uh, show back up into some of the same areas and. And we've got that that next step up of you know 370, 380 bulls that were hunting uh, during the archery and early rifle season. Yeah, um, absolutely. I hope that happens for you. Um, you know, I've been on a couple of uh, early rifle elk hunts up there with you over the years, whether it be muzzleloader or rifle in 3C. And you know, compared to some of the other units that maybe get a lot more attention, um, you know. 3C early rifle is a heck of a hunt, and I think the dates this year with, you know, it being the 9th through the 22nd, I believe, uh, I believe that uh, early rifle hunt that I think starts on the 23rd, um, I think the dates um, are perfect. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're in that position where the bulls aren't really broke up yet, you know, mm-hmm. they're still bugling strong. Um, I think that early rifle hunt in 3C could be fantastic. And, you know, you know, you've seen it before, just like I have, where right during the peak of that rut, which that 23rd through the 29th are some great dates, you get some of those big bulls coming out of 3C South or the White Mountain Apache. But Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that was a little joke. But. (laughs) Um, oh, I got it. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't laugh, but um, no, just kidding. They they come off that White Mountain Apache uh, looking for cows, and um, you guys have killed some fantastic bulls. Uh, I know years ago we 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 killed a good bull, and um, you never know what's going to show up. And I think that's one of the beauties of of hunting a three C or a one or a twenty three that totally you know, borders the White Mountain Apache, you never know when a big bull might show up. Yeah, no, that that's, you're 100% right. And, and you have, you've been on quite a few hunts with us and uh, we've had, we've had a good time and we have killed some great bulls. And, uh, you know, with it, I mean, really to be from, from the reservation fence to deep into the heart of 3C and, and even, even crossing over into, into, you know, the upper part of 3A, um, I mean, you're looking at, approximately in, in on average probably five to six miles uh from the reservation well a, a, a bull elk during the peak of the rut can cover that in a couple of hours um yeah. and a lot of times they do i mean there's been I, I i know of numerous bulls uh one in particular that was that was actually killed right down on the 3a 3c border uh, which is highway 277 between heber and snowflake uh there was a bull that was killed down there one year and uh earlier that spring um uh an Indian had picked up his sheds on the Fort Apache Indian reservation and as a crow flies from where that bull had shed to where he was running was twenty seven miles. Yeah, um, I mean that's nothing so for that's an elk. You nothing know. for an elk, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, well that is. That's that's the fun part about three C is is it, it it's that type of unit. You just you never know. You know, when you're chasing bugles, you never know what that next bull is going to be that you lay eyes on when when you're when you're out there chasing bugles. Um, that's yeah, the, that's sure. the fun and exciting part of it. For sure, touch a little bit on the three C uh, late elk hunt. Um, looking here at my insider, uh, it looks like resident at six points, 
uh, to draw that tag, and it looks like uh, seven points as a non-resident mm -hmm. uh, for for that late elk uh, rifle hunt. What can people expect uh, on that hunt? You know that that most people that come out for the late hunt in three C, um, when we tell them the stories of a month, month and a half prior. Uh, to the start of their hunt, what what we had just witnessed and seen and gone through uh, during September and October in 3C, I think a lot of them think that we're lying, to be honest with you, because it, it's a total night and day difference between 3C in September to 3C in November. Um, as soon as that rut starts to taper off and end, um, all of the mature bulls start to beeline it for the reservation. Um, that's their safe haven. That's where they go to spend the winter, to spend the spring, the summer. Um, that's their that's their retreat. They, they go to get away from people. Um, and so a lot of times, by the time that late bull hunt rolls around in November, um, it's it's tough. It's a tough hunt. Um, and a lot of times it, it's hard to find um, what, what we classify as a mature bull that time of year, which, you know, is a, is a six-point, to be honest with you. Um, However, with that said, the, the last couple of years we've we've been really fortunate. We've killed uh, we've killed some really good bulls on the late hunt. Um, we we've gotten lucky. We've had uh, had some bulls that we we scouted hard and found and, and sat on. And uh, luckily, by the by the start of the hunt, we were able to get in there and get them killed before you know before other hunters got in there and started pushing them around and 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 either you know pushing them out of the country or, or pushing them onto the reservation or or something. So, um, this last year we, we had four, uh, four non-residents from Oregon, uh, that hunted with us. And, uh, we, we managed to kill, uh, all four six points. Um, and, and the smallest bull was in that 305 range, um, with the best bull being uh, a little bit broke up, but riding in that 330 range. Um, and okay. typically those are the types of bulls that, that, you know, that we try to kill something in that three, you know, 320 uh, to 330 type range, um, you know, maybe maybe slightly smaller depending on the year. You know, the, the really hard thing about that late hunt is uh, the majority of your bulls are back on the reservation, and a lot of times the, the, the bulls that you do find uh, tend to be broke up from, from the rut. You know, you're missing a point, you're missing a beam. Um, we had a bull uh, two years ago that that would have been a great late bull, but he was he was missing from about his G3 uh, up on his main beam. He had just snapped half of his horn off. So um, that that makes it tough. It makes it hard to to uh, you know try to find uh, a, a trophy bull on those late hunts during during that time. I noticed that that hunt this year is November 25th through December 1st, and I just mm -hmm. noticed in looking at the regs actually. I didn't realize it, but there's actually a late uh, archery hunt in 3C that's November 4th through the 17th. There's 30 bull elk late archery permits. That I've got to think that 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 I've got to think that hunt's pretty tough. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I don't I don't know that I'd wish that on my worst enemy, but you know what do you think? Well, <laughs> I, you, you're exactly right. Um, it's uh, it's a tough hunt. It's um, it's one of those uh, one of those hunts where you're going to spend uh, a lot of time glassing. Um, you'll you'll actually see a lot of elk, 
Um, and typically, you, you can see some pretty good bulls. The, the biggest trial and, and the hardest thing to overcome on that hunt is it's November. Um, all of the oak leaves, uh, any any type of you know leaf is going to be on the ground. It's going to be crunchy. It's going to be noisy. A lot of times by then we've had snow, um, so you're dealing with crunchy snow. And and those bulls once once that ruts over, I mean their their biggest concern with life is, is is bulking back up for the winter and getting away from people. So a lot of times you're going to find them off in the nastiest roughest country you could find that's that's where they're going to go to get away from everybody and and you can find bulls that time of year but getting within bow range is a whole other story um it it can be a really tough hunt if if you can look out and catch a dry year um i i know of a few guys that have have been able to kill bulls off of water um during that time um three c is kind of a wet unit so sitting water typically isn't isn't one of its its strong points for for archery elk hunting, but if you can if you can catch a dry year, then then it's doable. Um, I'll be honest, I've been out uh, those those two three weeks prior to the start of the late hunt, as soon as the the mule deer season's over, um, scouting for those late hunts, and I think I've only ran into archery hunters two or three times. Um, you know, the three C is a huge unit. There's only thirty tags. Uh, typically, you you can you can hunt the entire unit and never see another hunter. That is one of the nice things about it. But you know, finding a bull is is a whole another story. So very tough hunt, very tough. Let's talk about. Let's stay right there in that region before we hop over to one. Um, let's talk about across the road four A four B, and tell me. You know, that's going to take a lot less points. I actually don't even have it on my chart here. <laughs> Uh, tell me, tell me about the four B hunt. What is it? Five or six points as a non-resident? Um, um, it, it's actually crept up to seven. Um, huh. it, it's been taking seven points to draw a four B archery bull tag. Um, there's 125 tags, uh, same as three C. Uh, the units are about the same, maybe a little bigger than three C, um, but not all of it is elk habitat. A lot of it is is antelope. Uh, wide open flats country the further north you get um to be honest with you there's not you would be amazed that you can drive down highway 260 which separates 3c and 4b and on one side of the highway they're screaming their heads off and on the other side of the highway you don't even hear a bugle um and that's that's realistically the difference between the unit there's not a lot of elk um they're extremely pocketed um, it does range all the way from, from the firs and aspens all the way down to the, I mean, just grass flats, uh, all the way down towards, uh, towards Holbrook and, and, and Joe City down towards I-40. Um, elk are extremely pocketed. Um, you can get into elk and you can, you can find bulls. Um, to be honest with you, that's, that's the type of hunt, uh, uh 4B archery, uh, bull tag is, is uh it it's one of those hunts where if if you're wanting to get a hunt under your belt if you're if you're not wanting to wait to get you know one of the premium units um it, it's not a horrible unit to hunt um you know can you kill to, a 300 inch bull yes yeah can, can a guy that can a guy that walks around get around pretty good guy that has the whole hunt you know maybe decent collar you know pretty good shot can he you know can he kill a 300 to 320 
what's, yes. what's kind of a reasonable expectation? That, that, you're right there. You're, you're right on. Um, uh, uh, 300 to 320 tight bull, um, you better think long and hard about shooting him. Um, typically, you know, we we prefer to stay in 3C in Unit 1. Um, every now and then we'll we'll go to 4B. Um, if if we if we aren't full of clients in the other units, um, but but if we do, um, I'll, I'll flat out tell my guys, you know, if 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 we're hunting 4B, um, you know, you better think long and hard about shooting a 320 bull because it may be the last one you you get an opportunity to shoot at. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's that possibility for that 330, 340, and even even into the 350s. Um, you know, there's there's been some some great bulls killed out of four B. Um but but by by no means should you expect it um, you know, going into the hunt. It it's it's gonna be a tough hunt. Um it it's not uncommon not to hear bugling in the morning or an evening. Um it's fairly common in that unit to, to go into it that unit and you know, spend a whole morning running around and listening and calling and, and not, not hearing a bull bugle. Um they they have started to to manage it a little better. They they cut the tags down. Uh, they cut the cow tags way down. Um, the bull tags they cut down. They used to have an early rifle hunting 4B. They've actually done away with that the last couple of years. Um, so they're they're trying to to get the numbers back up, get the get the quality up. Um, so you know that that's a good thing. Um, right on. Uh, let's take a quick break here. Hear from the sponsors. We'll get right back and let's talk unit one. Okay. Whether you are interested in elk, deer, antelope, bighorn sheep, or moose, Western Hunter and Elk Hunter magazines will bring the adventure to your mailbox. These publications feature articles on the finest hunting gear, tips and tactics from experienced hunters, field judging trophies, glassing techniques, calling strategies, and much more. To become a more knowledgeable and skilled hunter, subscribe today. Go to westernhunter.net forward slash jscott and enter your email address for a chance to win a $1,500 credit towards any Swarovski product. Utah Hydrographics is in the water transfer printing service and they are open to whatever you can dream up. Choose from a wide range of camel patterns, designs, and colors. Whether it's guns, bows, tools, rifle stocks, vehicles, steering wheels, fenders, dashboards, paint guns, fishing rods, cups, tripods, watches, knife grips, helmets for a local sports team or for your motorcycle, picture frames, mailbox, animal skulls, you name it, they can probably do it. Utah Hydrographics loves taking things that are general looking and turns them into something that looks fantastic and eye-popping. Give them a call and see what they can do for you and receive up to a 10% discount by using the J. Scott 16 promo code. Visit them at utahhydrographics.com or on Instagram at Utah Hydrographics. Okay, Daniel, um, let's talk unit one, but just real briefly touch on 4A. Um, I have very little experience in 4A. I did hunt it one time, maybe 20 some years ago, and beautiful country. Um, had some high country, had some low country. Uh, seemed to be a reasonable amount of elk. Seemed like the size was much like the 4B, you know, kind of kind of 300 to 320, maybe a chance at, you know, maybe see a 340, 335, 340, you know, maybe every once in a while a 350 bull. What's your take on 4A? You know, 4A is, 
it, it's similar um, to 4B in that aspect. I'll tell you this: there's a lot more elk in 4A. Um, 4A is a is a pretty big unit. It, it's a big unit, and like you said, it goes from the highest of high country. It goes from about 70, 78. Actually, I think it even goes higher than that, but roughly about 7,800 feet uh, all the way down to to Winslow, which is got to be somewhere around 4,000 feet, uh, 4,500 feet. Um, it's it's a it's a huge area. Um, there's a lot of elk. Um, there's not a lot of big elk, like you said. I mean, it's it's one of those units where, and I know a lot of guys that put in for it, and a lot of guys that hunt it, and they do it because it's a fairly easy draw. Um, I think as a resident, there's a there's a group of four guys that have put in, um, you know, over the last ten years, and I want to say they've had five or six archery bull tags, um, which yeah. you know, which is which is great for them. Um, you know, but they, they know that, you know, if you see a, uh, a mature five point, well, you, you probably better shoot it because it might be the last. Um, it, it, it does have some pretty good bulls. Um, they're just, they're just hard to find. Um, there's, there's a lot of elk. There's, there's actually not as many tags. There used to be a lot of tags. Uh, this year they've cut it down. Um, or they continue to cut it down. Yeah. 165, um, on the bull tags. And, and I uh, think they're going to bugle. They're going to bugle probably a little bit better than 4B, I would think. Yes. Yep. A little more, a little more rutting action, a little more um, vocalness. Um, uh, I, I also think they're a little easier to, a, a little more uh, responsive to calls. Uh, a lot of times in 4B, uh, you can get in on a bull and give him a cow call, and I mean he'll just shut up and turn the other way, and away he goes. Whereas in 4A, you can you can call bulls in. Um, you know, and, and you know, if you're just looking for a for an elk hunt, and and you you know, same type of deal, you don't want to wait. And four A's, four A's a, a pretty good hunt, but don't you know, don't expect to you know haul a three fifty bull out of there. I mean, it it happens, but it's they're they're few and far between. Yeah, let's move over to kind of the crown jewel um, of of your of your units up there. Obviously, twenty three north, twenty three south. Uh, those are everybody loves those units. Everybody uh, with, loves them. With the non-residents this year, with the new rule, uh, no, none of those non-resident tags will be drawn in the max point pool. So, you know, guys Correct. with 18, 19 points. Where the last couple years, there's been guys that have picked off the, you know, the one non-resident tag with, you know, mm-hmm. 17, 18, 19, 20 points. Uh, just so you guys know out there, if you're applying for 23 North or South, and you have a bunch of points. There's going to be zero tags drawn in the max point pool as non-residents, so you're just in the random draw. Um, let's let's bump over to unit one, and unit one's archery hunt is one, two B, and two C. Uh, there's 300 permits, which I believe at one time they had it all the way up to 350. Uh, they've whittled it down, I believe, to 300, which is still a lot, but um resident uh, according to my gohan insider chart here uh resident early archery 11 points um the muzzleloader 17 the late rifle 8 and on the non-resident it's uh, 14 and on the early muzzleloader it's 18 and the late rifle is 9 now i keep saying muzzleloader but i believe this year is it a muzzy hunt or is it a let me see it is a muzzleloader hunt this year. Okay, so it is yep. a forty tag muzzleloader hunt. September forty tag muzzleloader hunt. Mm-hmm. And and the archery hunt is the same. 
as uh, the rest of the state, the 9th through the 22nd. Uh, talk to me about Unit 1 and what you see going on in Unit 1. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I, I personally think that uh, Unit 1 could be the best unit in the state for, for trophy of, for quality. Um, however, that 300 tags, you've got 300 uh, bull tags and another 75 cow tags. Um, unit one's a huge unit. It's got a lot of elk, but I mean, it, it's not that big of a unit and it doesn't have that many elk, if you know what I mean. Um, there, there's just, you know, for every, it, it, unit one is kind of turned into, to, to unit nine and 10. One person draws the tag. They've got four buddies that accompany them. And I mean, I don't care where you go in that unit unless you've got a little pocket of bulls way out in the middle of 2B that nobody else knows about, you're going to run into hunters. Um, I can't think of a single day that, that we haven't spent in unit one where we haven't ran into other hunters. Um, it's, it's a problem. It's a huge problem. And, and unfortunately, you know, you, it's hard enough to beat an elk at his own game when it's one on one. But when you're trying to beat a bull elk at his game plus four other hunters, it, it, it virtually makes it impossible. And and that's that's one of the biggest frustrations and problems um, with Unit One. Um, it's 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 a great unit. It's got, I mean, every every type of terrain that you could ever ask for. Um, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying that people don't kill great bulls out of Unit One. Um, they do. It just it makes it really hard to to kill those big mature bulls when every day, every morning, every night they're getting bumped and pushed by hunters and 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 they they know the game. I mean, sooner or later they they push down into a little pocket, they shut up, and nobody finds them, nobody kills them, and and uh, you know, unfortunately, we've noticed it here the last well, not so much two years ago, but last year. Um, with the with the huge amount of hunting pressure that that they see in Unit One, um, it it rolls right over into that that early trophy hunt, the rifle or the muzzleloader. Um, last year, it, it seems like they they struggled quite a bit. There was the forty uh, early rifle tags last year in Unit One, um, and, and I heard rumor of a bull that that was over four that got killed. Um, I heard rumor of another bull that was in the three seventies, and then everything else seemed to be kind of trickling down into that 360, 350, 40, 30 range. Um, you know, that that's that's the biggest um, obstacle, I, I guess, that we see in Unit 1. Um, would you say, Daniel, would you say, sorry to interrupt, but would you nope. say if you can get around good and you're okay with people interrupting almost every hunt that you go out, you're still – if you're a halfway decent elk hunter, you're still probably going to get a crack at a 350 plus bull in some time during the hunt. Is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, I'll, I'll be honest. The quality in one is is quite a bit better than 3C. I mean, there are some fabulous bulls in unit one. Um, and and you know, over the last couple of years, we've I mean, we've seen some great bulls. Um, Two years ago, we were we were chasing a bull that ended up getting killed on the late hunt um, by another outfitter there out of uh, I believe out of Springerville, um, and, and he was 
uh, I can't remember exactly, but I want to say 413, 414. Um, you know, that's, that, that's the beauty of unit one is, is, you know, you can shoot for that 360, 370, 380, and there is the potential to shoot something even bigger than that. Um, it's, it, it's a great unit. The, the, the quality is there. The, the, the trophy aspect is there. Um, you know, another, another issue that we have started seeing quite a bit in unit one is, um, it seems like the bull to cow ratio is, is off quite a bit. Um, Which, what do you mean? Which way? Well, it seems like every mature bull that you see in unit one, uh, has 12, 15, 20, 25, 30. Uh, we saw a bull last year that had 45 cows. Um, you know, that, that creates so you've got 80, 80 something eyes looking at you when yeah, you're trying yeah. to sneak in on them. Yep. And, and unit one burned, um, you know, here a couple of years ago with that wall of fire. So you can imagine being out in the burn where you've got very, very limited cover and you've got, you know, this 375, 380 bull with 45 cows. It's like, well, you can sit there and look at them all day, but it's a, it's a whole nother, whole nother story trying to get in close enough to get an arrow in them. Um, with, so that, with all that the rat race, with all the rat race of the people and all of that going on, do they still bugle surprisingly well? You know they do. Um, you know they'll. Eh, you've hunted elk long enough, and you've seen it. You know when when an elk gets bumped and his cows take off, he's right on their tail and he screams the whole way. Well, he's going to scream three canyons over where somebody else is going to bump him. He's going to turn and go. You know two canyons to the south and probably get bumped there and so even with all the, the movement and the commotion um they're, they're still very vocal um it, and and i don't want this to come off as being you know 100 percent negative it's still a great hunt um it's still you know realistically a guy can go in there with an expectation of shooting a 360 you know plus bull in that unit it, it, it's doable um it's it's just i i was i actually spent uh a couple of days up there last year and man, I was surprised that we were, we were, we were hiking in, uh, three and four miles to, to try to get away from people and, and still running into people. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, it was, it was a little bit, it was a little bit frustrating to me, um, where, you know, typically I spend a lot of my time in 3C and, and I can honestly say that in the last three or four years during the archery elk hunt, I can I can think of one maybe two times where I've ran into somebody else uh, out in the field chasing a bull. Um, so it was a it was a complete 180 degree difference from what I was used to um, in three uh, unit three C going up to unit one and 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 having people everywhere. Um, but it you know it's like I said if it was if 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 they didn't have that many tags in that unit. Um, Without a doubt in my mind, that could be the top elk unit in the state. Yeah, I mean, I think if they had it back where it used to be for a long time, 150 archery yeah. bull tags. Yeah, it used to be at 150. I think, it, I think it would be the probably one of the most unbelievable elk experiences that you could get anywhere. Um, Absolutely. And, and I don't know that there's any solution there other than maybe have more late tags. I don't know what the solution is if they need to kill so many bulls, but... Dang, I wish they'd lower it down or just to have a quality hunt. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. It's my podcast, so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, this Unit 27 
and I know that's not an area of focus for you, but mm -hmm. this 27 early rifle hunt, they, they did this nonsense last year with the, uh, with the, uh, the muzzleloader elk hunt before the archery hunt in Unit 9, mm -hmm. and then they got this great idea that they're going to give the rifle hunters an opportunity to go before the archers and you know I'm, I, I, I like a lot of the guys at the game and fish but I, I it's my podcast so I can say whatever I want um, I think it's nonsense absolute ludicrous that they would put the rifle hunt in front of the archers um, I don't like it I I, I I don't think I'll ever like it um, you know hypocritically with that being said I think you could go in there in unit 27, even though they're probably not going to be cranked full bugling, but you could probably kill a big bull on that rifle hunt in 27. I don't yep. like it. I, I I don't like the concept of it. Um, but, you know, they make the rules. I don't. Um, yep. I just get to sit back and armchair quarterback them. But um, I don't like it. I don't think it's right. And I, I, I'm totally against it. Um, but I think that 27 early rifle hunt, I think there's going to be a handful of pretty big bulls that get shot because even as thick as 27 is with, with a lot of the burned areas now, there's some bulls that you can have glassed up and probably get in there and bang them with a rifle. Um, I just I just feel sorry for the archers that have to follow up because it's it's not the, you know, what is it, 40 tags? Well, I believe it is 40. 40 tags and yep. um, I'm, I'm pulling it up here on my iPad, but uh, it not only is it, you know, that many people, but like you said, it's the five, six, seven, eight, ten guys in camp that come to help. I just, yeah. I mean, I think the archers need every advantage that they can have. And um, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, I'm with you a hundred percent. I, I think it's stupid. Um, you know, and I, I didn't, uh, it's kind of crazy. I didn't hear a whole lot about the Unit 9 early muzzleloader hunt last year. I know you were up there um, during that time. Um, but it seems like they didn't do quite as good as they thought they were going to do. I know I heard of one uh, big bull uh, over four that was killed on that early muzzleloader. Um, but other than that, I, I, I mean, you tell me. I, I wasn't in Unit 9 well, last year. I, you I, were. They did. They did kill a couple big bulls, and yeah, I, I, you know, okay. I think anytime you give, you know, the, the hunters are getting so good these days, and anytime you give them, you know, a free run at glassing those bulls up before they've had any pressure at all, mm -hmm. you know, mostly most of the time before these archery hunts, we always have a few big bulls picked out, and if you can shoot them from 200 yards, they're dead. Oh yeah. And unfortunately, you know, you're chasing them with a bow, and you're limited to you know 40, 50, 60 yards, whatever you can shoot. And, you know, they're out there out of range, but boom, you scout all summer, you're in there, you know, 10, 10 days, two weeks before the hunt, you glass those bulls up and you can whack them. Um, I'm just, I'm just against the concept. Uh, I feel sorry for the tw unit 27 archers. With that being said, I can tell you from unit nine last year, because of the later dates in that second week, the bulls did seem to bugle pretty good because of that, you know, bumping it back a little bit. So I think from a bugling okay. perspective, I think 27, you know, that second week in 27, they'll probably bugle pretty good. Probably Unfortunately, I think, you know, 10 or 12 of those big, big bulls will be dead in the back, you know, headed to who knows where in the back of someone's yeah. pickup truck. Yeah. 
you know, when I, that, that was the first thing I looked at when, uh, when the proclamations came out online as I looked to see, it, uh, you know, unit nine to see if they had left that muzzleloader hunt early. And when I saw that they had flopped it back the way it should be, I was actually, you know, kind of happy about it. I didn't even look at any other unit because I, in my mind, I thought, oh, good. They realized what a dumb thing that was. They fixed it and let's move on, you know, the way it should be. And then somebody told me, oh, did you see what they did to 27? And I couldn't believe it. I thought, you got to be kidding me. So, yeah, you know, I'm with you. It is what it is. They're, they're the ones that ultimately make the decision, but I'm with you. I think it's stupid. Um, one, two, B, two, C, I'm looking at the late rifle for resident eight points. I'm looking at one, two, B, two, C late rifle for non-resident nine points. I know you've been on that late hunt in unit, uh, one mm-hmm. for, for elk. Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, let's see, I'm kind of dropping the ball here, but, uh, 325 uh, late rifle tag. Late How rifle is tag. that as a late hunt? I've, I've got to bet it's a pretty good late hunt. It is. It's a good late hunt. Um, it, it, it's better than 3C. Um, it's, uh, you know, I know last year Unit 10 had a pretty banner late hunt year. Um, seems like they killed a lot of really big bulls uh, on that late hunt in Unit 10 last year. Um, but typically, uh, you know, I would rate uh, I would rate 23. As, as probably, um, if not the top one of the top late units in the state. And, and I would follow that up with a unit one. Um, it, it's a great late hunt. Um, you know, there's 325 is a lot of people, but, but it, for some reason on the late hunt, we can get away from people. Uh, we're able to, to get into places where we don't run into a lot of people, um, see a lot of elk, um, you know, and typically we're we're looking for those three thirty and you know and better uh type bulls. Um, um last year we didn't have any, any clients in unit one because we we had booked the, the four guys in three C. Uh prior to that, um uh Mike's client killed a, a mid three forties bull on that late hunt. Um and and the year before that uh we we killed a, a mid three thirties uh type bull on that late hunt. So um definitely a, you know a step up as far as quality. Uh, on that late hunt, we we've had we've had the chance to kill some some better bulls than that, some 360 type bulls, and, and had uh, uh, had a missed shot, and then uh, just just couldn't get it done on uh, one of the other years. But you know that's that's the way it goes a lot of times, and um, a lot of times on those late hunts, it's uh, especially it seems like in unit one, you know you get you kind of get one or one or two chances at it, and then somebody else strolls in and, and kind of interrupts things and, and before you know it, you know, bulls are, are moving and running and, and you've kind of got to switch gears a little bit, but yeah, definitely. Now, a, a, go ahead. Sounds, sounds kind of like my dating experience in high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you kind of got to blitz in quick and hope somebody doesn't mess it up. <laughs> if they do, you move on. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Uh, Sorry about that, buddy. I want to finish up with uh, 3B real fast. Um, I know it doesn't get talked about a lot, and I I know it's kind of a small unit. Um, I believe 75 archery tags. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your thought on 3B uh, for archery hunt? You know, um, I'll be honest with you. 3B tends to fly under the radar. Um, you know, most of your locals you know, know about it, uh, hunt it. 
Um, what most people probably don't realize is uh, it, it is a small unit. Um, it borders basically borders Unit One um, to the east, and, and on the west it, it borders uh, Cholo and, and Lakeside and Pine Top. Um, it's one of those units where it's it's kind of kind of a hit and miss, kind of a hot and cold. Um, but but here lately, it's it's been a lot warmer than it has colder. Um, last year there were there were a couple of really good bulls in that unit. Um, there was uh, I know of a couple of locals that were chasing the bull in that unit um, last year on the archery hunt that uh, that was a whale of a bull. I mean he was um, you know probably in that 370 to 380 type range. Um, and uh, then we we actually had a, a muzzleloader, an early muzzleloader client in that unit last year um, that Mike guided. And uh, they were they were on a good bull. They were on a 370 type bull and uh, ended up killing a bull, um, I want to say day four, um, that, that showed up. And uh, a really uh, heavy palmated, lots of extras on the back end, um, ended up going um, low to mid 380s, uh, wow. which is which is a great bull. And uh, so, yeah, three Bs. You know, it's one of those units that, that tends to uh, a lot of times get overlooked, especially you know by non-residents. Um, and and you know, I know you've hunted it in the past with with a friend of yours from Colorado and. You know, like I said, some years it can be hot and some years it can be cold. It, it just all depends. But uh, here as of late, it, it's been a been a pretty warm unit. Um, it's 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 heated up and the, the quality's gone up and uh, it's it's definitely you know they'll they'll be pretty vocal um, during the archery hunts and those early hunts. Um, the the late hunt is a muzzleloader. It can it can be pretty tough, but um, it's got quite a bit of country that you can glass. Um, it's got some vantage points, so it's uh, it, it, it's a better unit than a lot of people give it credit for. Well, that's awesome. It's glad to hear that it's uh, doing well. Uh, Daniel, it's been awesome having you on here, your wealth of knowledge. Um, BurntTimberOutfitters.com, correct? That's correct. And um, on Instagram, at Sockboy. <laughs> No, that's a joke. Uh, well, not quite. What, but what is it? Dan, Daniel underscore BT, BTO or what is it? Uh, Franco underscore BTO. F-R-A-N-C-O. Yep. Follow Daniel on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Daniel Franco, BurntTimberOutfitters.com. Um, always great having you on the podcast. One of my close friends. Uh, lots of fun with that some great adventures. Uh, you were up there on Parker Strip Hunt. That was a heck of a deal, wasn't it? Oh, that was that was epic. Absolutely epic. That was that was a year like we'll probably never see again in our lives, I think. I think that the the year I was up there when you drew your tag and then Parker and I'll probably draw it and it'll be like the worst it'll be like route mine. ever. I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all it took was me, me had to leave, and I had to go and leave, and Daniel shoots a big old buck, I think, the day I left, so, um, you know, buddy, it's awesome. If you keep bringing up all these, uh, these little insider sock jokes, sooner or later, you're probably going to have to fill everybody in on it, but you're going to have to do it while I'm not on the phone. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a good idea to always have some clean socks around when Franco's around. So you know it. Um, 
Daniel, it's great having you on. Uh, thanks for your insight, and uh, God bless you. And uh, look forward to seeing you again when I see you down the road here one of these days. And uh, take care. Uh, good luck with the draws. And um, I know you'll get a bunch of clients. You guys always do. You do a great job. So uh, commend you for that and commend you for the guys that you are and the quality of character that you have. So take care, okay, buddy? Hey, thank you, Jay.